Good to see everybody out this morning. Good morning. <laughs> I didn't, had to run that by you again there. If there's any first-time visitors this morning, if, uh, if, if we didn't get you on the way in, we'd get you to sign a little visitor card uh, to record your visit with us. Anybody like that this morning? If, if, if we missed you, it's Marty's fault. But uh, we're glad, to, glad that you're here. Uh, appreciate Brother Burks being Pastor Burks being with us this morning and uh, just pray that uh, you come with an expectation, come to be challenged by God's Word, and then once we're challenged, we got to do something. Uh, because if God always does His part, we just got to do our part, right? Uh, but let's go to the Lord in prayer. We'll, we'll begin our worship service as we sing to the Lord, and, and uh, we'll just have a great day in the Lord. Lord, we come to you this morning, God, just thank you and praise you for for a beautiful day and, and who you are, Lord, and everything done here today, God, I pray that we would just uh, honor and glorify you, Lord. Just, I pray that you would just fill up uh, Pastor Burks uh, with, with the preaching this morning, and, and Lord, just I pray that as we lift your name up, we would, we would put, up, put away uh, all distractions and, and just get real and honest with you and, and your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Please stand as we sing. songs in the 
who are trusting in Christ alone. That will be the best day of our existence. And Jesus came for us while we were his enemies. He sustains us even today. He is worthy of all our worship and adoration for all Christ has done. Let us worship him with worthy of worship. time you can uh, wave and then have a seat. At this time we're going to have a special music from Larry and Friends. <laughs> Teddy, he's been having a fit to sing. Teddy loves to sing to the Lord. And uh, I said, Teddy, you want to introduce yourself? And he said, no, you do. I said, but I got the foot and mouth disease. Every time I open my mouth, I stick my foot in it. He said, that's all right, go ahead. Anyway, y'all know Teddy. He's, Pastor Neil called him the giant teddy bear. 
and he is a giant of a man, that's for sure. But Teddy loves to sing to the Lord, and he loves this song. I pray my way out of trouble. next song. I know it's a week before Father's Day, but uh, I like to do it in memory of my dad. Passed away back in uh, December the 6th, 1976. That's been a while. Been a long time. But I love dad. He loved me. And I know that. So this is a song about a child's love for his father. So I made my way 
down the mirror hall and tapped upon his door and I said daddy I'm so afraid how could I go on with you gone that way don't want to cry anymore so may I stay with you he said that's teenage boy and he. Most of the fights it seems were over different dreams. We each held for me. He wanted knowledge and learning. I wanted to fly out west. Said I could make it out there if I just had the facts. I've got half We'll own me the rest And I said, Daddy, I'm so afraid There's no guarantees in the plans I've made And if I should fail, who'll pay my way back home? He said, that's my job that's what I do Everything I do is because of you To keep you safe with me That's my job, you see Daddy was a child of God He had that shining light And I pray someday Light as bright as he. Woke up early one bright fall day. Press spread a tragic news. After all my travels, I settled down within a mile or two. Make my living with words and lies All this tragedy Could go into my head And out instead As bits of poetry And I say, Daddy I'm so afraid How can I go on With you gone this way How can I come up with a song to say I love you That's my job That's what I do Everything I do is because of you To keep you safe with me That's my job, you see 
Everything I do is because of you To keep you safe with me Thank you so much for that singing. At this time, we're going to have a, a moment of prayer and uh, pray secretly in your heart just uh, that God will show us something um, out of his word that can convict our hearts and show us something that's hindering a closer relationship with him. Um, just take a moment. Lord, I just want to thank you so much for who you are. Um, none of us deserved what you did for us, um, dying and suffering on that cross. Each one of us deserved to be in a place called hell, separated from your holy nature, but you gave us a way to be with you. Lord, during this message, I pray that as we open up the word, you open us up and show us something that we need to change in our lives. Um, so we can have a closer relationship with you. I love you in Jesus' name, amen. Please stand as we sing our last song before the service. Break the heart and storm. 
Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you all again, and thank you for coming out today. And I think we could leave now and say we've certainly met with the Lord. I've been praying for the church. I'm glad to hear that you have a new pastor coming, and uh, we'll continue to pray that all will go well. And uh, Things happen in our life, sometimes we don't understand why they happen, but uh, I found out a long time ago, uh, things that are out of my control, I, I continue to trust the Lord, and I'm just along for the ride anyway, so I trust the Lord, I do what I know to do, and I, that's my advice to you, is continue to trust the Lord and, and uh, serve Him, as our message today may... Uh, speak to we don't have long anyway to wait upon the lord 
And uh, so we're here to encourage you and, and to lift up our Savior. I'm glad that while we're meeting this morning, there are people just like us all around the world who are meeting and worshiping God. And so we're like-minded and uh, thank God for that. We'll get right into the message today. I'll get you to turn in your Bible to the book of Daniel in the Old Testament in the 12th chapter in the book of Daniel. I'm amazed at the number of people who think that the world is getting better. And uh, they have some uh, strange remedies, I think. Maybe it's a way to put it. Most people, and even some Christians, don't have a clue where we're at on God's timetable. So hopefully today we'll learn a little bit more about that. In Daniel chapter 12, in the first verse it says, And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of tr trouble such as never was, since there was a nation even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. We'll stop our reading there for our text and pick up later on in the message, and we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for another opportunity to come to Victory Way Baptist and Lord to preach this morning. God, we thank you, Lord, for eternal life and we thank you for the way of eternal life your son and our savior the lord jesus thank you for the provisions that he has made for us in securing our salvation and being our substitute to pay the cost of our sins and father we thank you that he has promised us uh, a home in heaven and that he will come again and receive us unto himself I pray for every person who's come today, Lord, every home that's represented here. We know that there are many needs. We're a needy people. And God, we cast all of our cares upon you, for the Bible tells us that you care for us. And we ask you to work in our hearts and our lives in a mighty way today. I pray that the Holy Spirit would help me today, that he would teach and bring all things to our remembrance this morning, that he would convict of sin and of judgment. I pray, God, that, Lord, you'll receive all the honor and glory from our meeting together today, and we'll give you thanks and praise for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, Daniel writes here that tough times are ahead, verse 1, talking about that time of trouble. So he says, such as never was uh, since the world began. Jesus quoted that himself. 
And when he's talking about the end uh, and the tribulation period and the great tribulation, some people call it the time of Jacob's trouble. Any of those would, will do. But he's definitely talking about that time after the rapture of the church when uh, the Bible says that the trumpet of God shall sound. There'll be a great shout from heaven. First Thessalonians chapter 4 tells us that and the Lord's going to return and the souls of those who sleep in Jesus is going to come with him. Those who've been absent from the body are in the presence of the Lord now. Their soul and spirit will return and come to wherever this body is laid down. And whatever form it's laid down, it doesn't make any difference. And uh, God will resurrect that body. And uh, we will have a body, it says, like his most glorious body. I'm reminded of his most glorious body when he walked out of the grave that morning and he had a body that could go back and forth to heaven without even a pause. We could go into a room without opening the door. That kind of body, the kind of body that Revelation 21.4 says will not sorrow anymore, not have any pain anymore, not experience death anymore. And so... He's looking at that time afterwards. I've always wondered what will happen to the rapture of the church. And now it seems like I, I have a little more information. This is a progressive revelation from the beginning to the end. The Bible doesn't start off in Genesis 1-1 telling us the whole story. We read the story and he begins to build upon it until the very end when we see that Christ is that sacrifice of the Old Testament, the Passover lamb, the typology of the ark that Noah entered into, and on and on and on. We find all of that out. But we find out uh, in this day that, that we're living in that the uh, things around us are opening up more and more information that we might know. I'm, I remember when I was first saved back in the 70s, 1970s, that... Um, um, I went to. I first went to a, and it wasn't long after I was saved. I went to a, a kind of a Bible conference type thing, and they were dealing with Revelation. It opened that up to me, and I began to study that. And we couldn't even imagine how all of this was going to work out. You know, this mark of the beast and all of these things. How's, how's it going to happen? Even now, the rapture is more explained. I I noted there on. I think it was the History Channel. I watch about two or three channels on TV. <laughs> and some of those you have to filter. But uh, usually it's a news, uh, and I've got too much of that in me, so I, you know, I have to ration myself on that. It's all bad news. So it's, it's, it's the news and um, the History Channel and Discovery Channel and Animal Planet. That's about it for me. But I noticed there on the History Channel now they have... The couple of these shows, it's talking about the aliens, you know, how that they come down. That explains all the pyramids, they say, and explains all these things that happen. They even take the Bible and prove that there are artificial intelligences and, and all of these aliens. And now it's coming out on the news about all of these spaceships they're seeing. And I figure when the rapture happens, that's what's going to, that's going to be the reason some of these Outer space aliens came and took us away, right? How else could they ever explain it? We, I never could figure that out, along with other things that we'll talk about a little bit this morning. 
So uh, looking ahead, Daniel sees the revelation. It'll be the most terrible time on earth, especially in the second half of the tribulation period. Jesus said the same thing that's recorded here. There's never, he said there's never been a time upon earth like it and never will be. So there's been some awful times upon this earth, but it's nothing compared to what is going to happen. There are here revelations about the resurrection. If, if you notice there in verse 2, many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Here's two resurrections. The resurrection of the saved and the resurrection of the lost. Sometimes it takes a while to understand that even the resurrection of life or the resurrection of the saved is going to happen in two different installments, these resurrections. So, some, he says, will rise to everlasting life, some to everlasting contempt. Of course, he's talking there about the uh, great white throne judgment. And then he talks in verse 3 about the soul winners. He says, And they shall that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. He's talking about here about people who give up the gospel and uh, who win people to the Lord. Their star, they're going to shine a little brighter uh, in heaven. You'll know who, who they are. But what will the end time be like? Here he's, he's talking about, even to Daniel here in verse 4, uh, shut up the word, seal the book, even to the time of the end. He doesn't say to the end, but to the time of the end. And that time here means that period of time, not a specific moment in time, but that period of time of the end. Certainly talking about the last days. And what kind of time is it? Well, it's the kind of time that we're living in right now. If you've ever wondered, what is the end going to be like? I think we're nearing the end, and of course we'll give you some evidence about that. Verse 4 again says, But thou, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end. Then he says this. This is the characteristic of the end time. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. So what kind of a time is the time of the end? Well, it is certainly a busy time. Many shall run to and fro. Well, if that's not a commentary on the day that we're living in, I, I don't really know what, what is. Everything and everybody is on the move. I've never seen anything like it. We live in a hyper society. Everything's going full blast. The only thing that interrupted that was this past year uh, in this virus. That kind of slowed everything down, but it never brought it to a grinding halt for sure. Uh, this world's going to go on whether we're sick or not. It's going to go on whether we have a virus or not. It's going to go on regardless until the Lord brings it to an end. This busy time that we live in dominates our homes. It dominates families. I know people who have school-aged children, and their children are busier than the parents are. And they have a schedules. They have cell phones with schedules on it. Not only do I have to go to school, immediately after school I've got this happening. And after that, I've got this happening. And then tomorrow, I've got this happening. 
and that happening, and the next day we've got this happening. And we belong to everything and join everything and do everything, and we wonder why the home is falling apart around us today. It's because we don't really have a home anymore. Families have it tough. Sometimes they have to make an appointment to eat together. Somebody told me about one young uh, girl who was upstairs, her mother was downstairs, and she texted her mother and said, would you make me a sandwich and bring it to me? I knew we were getting lazy, but I didn't know we were that bad off. And then you think about travel and speed and the ease of all of it and crowded highways. And my daughter let us know yesterday they were on their way from North Carolina, and she said she got here to Hillsville, and the speed limit on the interstate went down to 35 miles an hour, and it took them like an hour to get, hour and a half to get to the tunnel, and then a long time to get through the tunnel. I guess somebody went through there like me, it has bad depth perception, and they, they mistook some of those lights bouncing back at them and maybe bounced off of something they shouldn't have. It happens all the time. I, I dread going through it anymore. Thousands of people are frequent flyers. The last time I went through an international airport and flew overseas was going to uh, the Philippines. And we flew, uh, of course, we had to get, make our way to Detroit. That was the international airport that flew out to the Philippines. And we got on a plane that held 450 people. Part of it was a two-story. And every seat was full. And in every airport that we went to, it was people everywhere. There were people going through uh, customs and crossing the borders and going through all of that. There were people that were coming in the U.S., people who were leaving the U.S., and in every city thereafter, multitudes of people coming off of planes, getting on planes, but we, we really don't, understand that till we get in the midst of it. On the interstate highways, it's just bumper to bumper traffic all the time. And then God forbid that you'd have to drive around New York City or Boston or someplace like that. It's absolutely, it's, it's enough to, well that's, that's why I don't have any hair today. I, I just pulled it all out and forgot about it. And if you contrast that with any period of time in our history, when you think about how easy it is today to travel and go to and fro, and then you contrast that, say, perhaps to the pioneer days in this country, when they set out on a horse or walking or in a wagon or whatever, how long it took them to get where they were going. You know, Paul's missionary journey, uh, he certainly didn't have a plane to get on. He might have wished he had of sometime. But what it does, this busy time, this running to and fro, it causes a lot of people to be too busy for God. We've just got too busy for God. We can't make it anymore. We can't, we can't make any time for God anymore. I want to tell you this today. If you're going to serve God, if you're going to be a serious Christian, it's going to have to be at the expense of something else. You're going to have to not do something else in order to do what God wants you to do. You've got to call something. You've got to cancel something. 
You've got to not join something. You know, you can't join everything. You can't be everything. Pick you out one thing you like and do that at, at a time. Once you get over that and it gets boring, then get you something else. More than that, and you, you're, you're just in trouble. And we could conclude that by just answering the question, when was the last time you took any time with God personally? And how much time was it? Right? I don't want you to tell me. <laughs> I'm just stirring it up, as the brother said this morning in Sunday school. I'm good about stirring stuff up. <laughs> A busy time. It's also, according to verse 4, a brilliant time. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Knowledge shall be increased. He's saying here at, at the end, at the end, that knowledge is going to explode. Now, I've watched it explode. If you're old enough, you've watched it Explode. That's, all, that's the only way you can explain it. In science, in medicine, in, in mechanics, in, in every area of life, we've watched that knowledge increase. And it's more than I ever dreamed that it could be. When you think about taking a phone that you can put in your pocket without any wires attached, not only can you talk around the world, you can text around the world, you can type in anything you want to and get any information you want to almost instantaneously. I remember as a, as a young boy, my brothers were as older than me, were nine of us, they would all, as soon as they got old enough, join the service, <laughs> right? And it come a time there after boot camp, you, had, you know, they were going to call home but they couldn't call us. They called the company store down in the, down in the little community. There's always a company store in every coal camp, okay? So they'd call the company store. They'd say, I'll call back in 20 minutes. Somebody, they'd get somebody to run up to our house and tell my mom and dad, your son's going to call you back in a few minutes. And they would go down there. They would talk to him there at that store. That's the way you did it. Unless you had some coins, and then you could go out to the phone booth. And about halfway through your call, they would say, deposit so much more. I never had it. <laughs> you know, it's cut off all the time. I was trying to talk to my wife at the time. We wasn't married, but I don't know how many conversations got cut off in us because I didn't have any funds, right? And it's different now. Knowledge has exploded. Scientific knowledge has exploded. Think about the... DNA. You might have thought you got away with something 20 years ago. Now, if they got any DNA and they can pin it on you, guess what? That was, that was unheard of. All this, all this blood chemistry that they have, unheard of. Now they've went past DNA and they've got the complete DNA of your life in a genome. I, I don't know what that is, don't care to know, but they say they can tell everything about you through that. Medical knowledge, outpatient surgery. You can, have a, you can have heart surgery now, bypass surgery, and wake up and move around that same day. 
first lady I ever visited had had a gallbladder surgery. I didn't know they had such a thing as a gallbladder surgery. Years ago, I remember I went up in uh, somewhere there in Virginia, Christiansburg, somewhere up in there, and uh, she was in the hospital, and there were tubes running everywhere and every kind of bottle and all this stuff, and she was in the hospital two weeks. Just here, just a short while back, one of the persons in church got their gallbladder removed, and they was home in two hours. That, that's what the advances that are made, they're, they're usually no, unless you're very sick, there's usually no overnights in the hospitals anymore, unless it's major stuff. Even having a baby, they don't want you hanging around long there then, boom, you're gone. You, not because they don't like you, because the insurance won't pay for it. Medical knowledge, transplants, lasers. My son, he, uh, it's been... Oh, probably 10, 12 years ago now, he went and had the laser work done on his eyes. Cost several thousand dollars. But he said, man, was it ever worth it? He went to Walmart and it went from one side of the store to the other, there was a clock. He could tell you what time it was. I couldn't even see across the aisle. He could see the clock and tell you what time it was. And they're doing that with a computer. They operate on your eyes with a computer. Nobody touches any knives anymore. That's, that's the day that we're living in. This computer age and all the, all the wonders of it. Uh, FaceTime and Skype and, and uh, online banking. <laughs> Somebody said, I, I, I do my banking online. Somebody said, aren't you afraid to do your banking online? I said, what, little money I got? I'm worried about that. <laughs> they lose that. Well, hey, you know, they'd lose it anyway. Online banking, Amazon, boy, that's a crew. Anybody, y'all know Amazon, don't you? Yeah, through this uh, virus, uh, people got their supplies from Amazon. You can order anything from Amazon, right? eBay, yeah, I bought stuff off of eBay, sold stuff on eBay. Cell phones that I was done with, I get, you can get something out of somebody. with. Somebody will give you something. All of that stuff. And these companies are super rich. and I mean, we could go on and on, but all this communication and, and uh, computerized stuff and text messages and, and, and cell phones and barcodes. I, I wondered when I, was, when I was first saved, how's this Mark of the Beast stuff going to work? Do you know that when the virus uh, first started, down in Africa, a couple of those nations, they come up with the idea that they didn't want to deal with money anymore because money was where the germs was coming from. They were, they were going to catch that from handling money. So they came up with this idea that they were going to go cashless. No more cash. I paid a girl with a $50 bill here a while back in a store and she didn't hardly know what it was. And she definitely couldn't make change on it. You can understand that, because I give her another two or three cents to round it out, and she didn't figure that, how do you do that? I told her how to do it, and I told her how much she needed to give me back, but she didn't believe me, so she had to call the manager to tell me that I was right, and she wasn't. No, they, they want to do away with money. Most people don't know what money is. Most people don't carry any money. They carry their cards. I carry a card. It's easy. 
Swipe it, tap it, whatever you want to do. It'll take it. If you got anything in there, unless you mess, unless you've tried to jip them, they don't like that. And so they want to do away with money. How, how are they going to do that? Well, uh, it's already begun. It's already begun. It's 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 being done. Even as we speak, people are getting chips put in that identifies them. Some of them, even the hospitals are all encouraging it. If you can get that chip put in, there's nothing to it. It's real small. It's implanted under the, under the skin. It has your medical history. Watch this. Pretty soon it'll have your banking history. It'll have all your financial information. You don't have to carry any money. You don't even have to carry a card. All you got to do is carry your hand or wherever they put it. And it'll, that will scan. That, that's your barcode. That's got everything about you in it. How are they going to know if you can buy or sell? Because you've got a chip. Because you've been marked. All of these things are coming alive here in not, not 20 years ago. Today. Today. So knowledge multiplies... And the acceleration of knowledge multiplies. Everything multiplies. Everything carries over. Everything gets bigger. Everything gets larger. Everything is more and more and more and more of the same. You can't keep up with it. I don't want to keep up with it. I'm sorry I even have to bring it up to you today. But I'm only doing it to remind you of the day that we're living in. And then, we didn't read it, but we'll read it now from verses 5 through 10. He talks about a blind time. Then I, Daniel, in verse 5, looked and behold, there stood other two, the one on this side of the bank of the river and the other on, the, on that side of the bank of the river. And one said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, how long shall it be to the end of these wonders? How long, he said. That's what I want to know. And I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand unto heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever that it shall be for a time, times and a half, three and a half years. He's talking here about the latter part of the tribulation. And when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. And I heard, but I understood not. Then said I, O my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. But they're not sealed anymore. How do we know we're living in the last days? Because these things are not sealed anymore. We talked about a progressive revelation. We didn't know 30 years ago. We were only guessing. Now we're not guessing. Now we're seeing it. And these things, we know them. And, uh, and he said, Sealed to the time of the end, in verse 10, Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise, the wise shall understand. The wise shall understand. Increased wickedness. In spite of all this increased enlightenment, 
You know the enlightenment I'm talking about today? He says, the wicked, in verse 10, but the wicked shall do wickedly. So we know that we're, we're also living in a wicked society. They may know more. People do know more. But they believe less and less. My dad had a term for that. He said they were educated beyond their own intelligence. I believe that. So we have these things today around us and thrown at us and woe be to you if you don't support it and woe be to you if you don't go along with it. The LBTGQXYZ movement, the transgender movement that slaps God in the face every time that somebody decides that they're not what they are and they're going to change it all. Can you imagine uh, what the one who created us, each one of us, must think when we say, that's not good enough for me. I'm going to be, I'm going to be my own God and I'm going to create myself in my own image. How does that make God feel? And people run around in support of all this stuff and never say a word about it. And now we're braced with this new type of theology called wokeism. We've got to be woke up, they say. You know, you, we're going to wake you up. And you're going to go along with us whether you like it or not. And if you don't go along with the way that we believe, we're going to shut you down one way or the other. Smart people. Oh yeah, knowledge shall be in. They know things. They just don't know the right things. Cancel culture. <laughs> I wish they would cancel me. <laughs> Like that, uh, like that uh, record club I joined that time. They said, we're going to cancel you. I said, please do. <laughs> you know, Don't pay us anything. We're going to send you a bunch of records. And then you just owe us a dollar a month. And then before you know it, you owe them $100,000. I said, cancel me, please. I wish they would cancel me. Critical race theory. You're the problem. Every one of y'all are the problem. Nobody else's fault. It's your fault. It's my fault. Why? Because we got the wrong skin tone. Who ever heard of something like that? People say, you don't like races, different races. Uh, I said, well, we sure spent millions of dollars over the year to take the gospel to different races. Why would we do that if we didn't like them? Why would we do that if we didn't love people's souls? Because we don't go along with your foolishness doesn't mean anything. Defund the police. Well, mm, <laughs> right. I like the police. I've always respected the police. Even, even when they did things I didn't like, like stop me and give me a ticket. I, I still respected them. I had to say I was guilty. They, they never gave me anything I didn't deserve. Sometimes they let me off, so it was even better. You see... Education is a wonderful thing, the right kind of education. I would hate to think I sent my child to a college and put tens of thousands of God's money, dollars, into that for them to be turned into something that I don't even know them anymore. Education does not improve morality. We, we look, we, we have the proof of that. Things are not better. It's kind of like 
they promised us over in West Virginia when they started the lottery, the state lottery. You know what they said they were going to do with it? Improve the schools and help the old people and the veterans. Guess what? Got the worst schools? <laughs> the old people, heck with them, you know. Now, what, all these promises, all, everything's going to get better. Nothing's ever got better. Paul had a description. We'll look at that and then we'll close today. In 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy. Then I want to give you a challenge today. I'm not smart enough to, to know exactly where we're at on God's timetable. I just feel like we're in that area of the end. I don't know how long. I don't know dates. I, I, I wouldn't even attempt that. But I feel like we're there. We're, we're right here with the Bible. We're right on the page with God. We're seeing all of this happen. Notice in chapter 3 of 2 Timothy, verse 1, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. The word perilous means dangerous. You're, we're living in dangerous times. There's places I don't want to go. My wife and I went uh, last winter to uh, South Carolina. And while we were there, I got a call to come back and do a funeral, and I did. And I, I, when I was going back down there to where she was, when I got to Mount Airy, it started snowing, right? And it snowed all, almost all the way to Myrtle Beach. And it was dark. And I tell you, it snowed so hard you couldn't hardly see anything. And I had to go to the rest area, and finally there was one there on the road, and I pulled over, and there was one vehicle there in that parking lot. I thought, what do they do, close this thing down at dark? No. But that one vehicle, and I thought, well, you know what? Uh, I don't know anything about this place. And I don't know who's in that vehicle, but I'm not going to take any chance. I slipped my pistol in my pocket, and I've kept my hand on it, in there and out. You say, well, that's kind of crazy. Well, better safe than sorry, I say. Why? Because we live in dangerous times. Did you see the news in these major cities in the Midwest? They're destroying where they live at. I mean, absolutely destroying it. Burning it down. Looting it out. Dangerous. And then if you come up and question them, they'll take care of you. Be very careful where you go. Be very careful where your children go. So he says dangerous times. Verse 2, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Sounds like we're reading the book here. This is, this is the story we're living. Without natural affection... Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And that goes for everybody. That word more than is a comparison word. How much you love God, how much you love pleasure. And then verse 5, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. So from such, turn away. Ever learning, he says in verse 7, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. 
That's the conclusion. No matter how smart people are, no matter how smart people think they are, no matter how many new inventions and how, how easy it is on everybody. Look, they never made a, uh, a thing that make life easier any more than a microwave oven. Right? I would have liked to have been the guy that invented that. Yeah. And all these new time-saving, labor-saving devices. We proved last year that over 50% of the workforce don't even have to go to work. Work from home. I don't know how they're going to catch you, <laughs> you know, when you're not working. <laughs> if you're working home, they're there, or they're wherever. It's a strange, strange time, isn't it? But then, the blessed ones, it says in our text, but the wise shall understand. They'll be purified, it says. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand. But the wise shall understand. This message will help us understand. The signs of the end, to me anyway, to me, are evident. You come to your own conclusion about it, but I think it's evident that we're living in the last days. What it should speak to our hearts about is pretty simple. Time is running out. For the, not for us. We don't know the moment we'll leave this world. It's a point when the man wants to die. Our life is like a vapor. It appears for a little while and vanishes away. But the time for this world is coming to a close. Whatever we need to do, we need to be doing it. Whatever it is, we need to do it. If there's something you need to say and you've been neglecting saying it, guess what? You need to get it said. Whatever you need to do, you need to be doing it. Because it's going to come. Our time upon this, upon this planet is going to come and end very quickly. Do it. The decisions that we need to make, when else are you going to make them? The Bible says, now is the accepted time. When is it time to come to Christ? Now. When is it time to get saved? Right now. It's not tomorrow. It's not after the service. It's not some other appointed time that you appoint. The Bible says, now is the accepted time. And today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow. I've witnessed to many people, and some of them would say, not right now. I said, well, when? If not now, when? When do you think you will? Oh, when I get all this worked out, and I do this, and I do that, and I, I live my life, and I, 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 I do all the things I want to do. And I said, look, uh, it may not ever happen. Our decisions need to be made now. When God deals with our heart, we need to respond quickly, quickly. Because the time is at hand. Our families, we need, to, we need to get in earnest prayer. Look, if there's anybody upon the face of this earth that we need to impact for Christ, it's our families. It's, look, we minister in our own families. Our children, our grandchildren, they don't want to listen. But we need to, we need to pray about it. Pray, pray, saturate it with prayer. 
Look, go to their bedroom door and put your hands on it and pray that God will do something in their life to make them aware of their lost condition. And then, in this busy time, learn to take time to serve God. Invest the time you need to. Time is slipping away. In the book of Romans, in chapter 13, just a couple of verses here. Romans chapter 13 and verse 11. And that knowing the time, that now it's high time to wake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provisions for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. So, we're going to get ready to go to heaven. I'm ready. The Apostle Paul at the end said, I'm ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. Get ready. Get everybody else we can ready to go. I'm, I'm glad that God is patient with us. I'm, I'm glad that God is merciful and a God of grace. But one day, uh, I, I, don't, I feel as though some folks won't feel the Spirit work in their life anymore. To reject the conviction of the Holy Spirit continually, I believe is a very dangerous thing. Today, you're among people who love your soul. No doubt. I remember one time over 40 years ago when I had to step out of a crowd of people. I didn't want to. I, I didn't want the attention. I, I, di I, didn't, want, I didn't know what, what else to do. I, 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 I was the farthest thing from my mind. But I realized that if I left there that day without Christ, that I probably would never be saved and I would spend an eternity in hell. That's the word of God. And so uh, I'm reminded that everybody Jesus called in the Bible, everybody, he called them out of a crowd of people. And he said simply, come and follow me. I'm not going to ask you today anything to do with this church. I think church is a good thing. I think church membership is the right thing. I'm not going to ask you to sign anything today because I don't have anything for you to sign other than a piece of paper. I'm not going to ask you to promise me anything today. I, I don't need anything. But if God is dealing with your heart and you know it, I will ask you this. Will you step forward today trusting Christ and come and just by faith, that's the way you're saved, by faith, receive Him and do business with God. I'm going to have our pianist here play just a couple of verses and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be here and if you would like to receive Christ today if you have a burden on your heart you come, I'd like to pray for you otherwise if you'd just be in an attitude of prayer for just a moment or two I don't believe we ever, ought to ever leave a service without giving people the opportunity
to trust Christ. We're living in the last day. Jesus may come today. And if I could, I'll say this, I hope he does. Can you say today, I hope Jesus comes right now? Right now. You say, but I've got people that are unsaved. I know that. I do too. But Jesus is going to come. Will you receive him today? Very simple. Very simple. Recommit your life to the Lord in light of the day that we're living in. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, I come. All right, folks, thank you very much. Thank you very much today for your good attention. I pray the Lord bless you, give you a great day. Hey, uh, any way I can ever help you, I'd be happy to do what I can. All right, and Hunter, you come, and however you close the service, I'll be fine, I'm sure, okay? Please stand as we sing our last song. We knew this one.